up to and including death. I am Dr. Patricia Brewer. And I'm John Brewer. And I am Stephen Gross. Not a brewer. Not a brewer. No. No. Just I'm a, a gross. I'm a Braves fan, not a brewer. My Apple oh. Watch just keeps buzzing at me, and I would really like to have it stop doing that. Yeah, you shouldn't have the Google Home stuff on your watch. Because it just is buzzing all the time. Yep. Yes, we tell have... us more about your $300 watch problems. <laughs> <laughs> yes, $300. Yes. <laughs> hey, John wanted them the most. That's why we got them. Yeah, I needed one. Yeah, so we are in the living room, so Emma has free range to just whine the whole time. And she's being and she will. the worst right now. Yeah, she is being very adorable. Uh, how is everybody doing? I'm okay. You're just looking at me terrified. That's fine. <laughs> How are you doing, It's my first day off of work, so I'm bearing it up. Yeah. I just cooked some cookies that Charlene had sent for my birthday. You and baked them. I baked them. It's You bake cookies and you cook bacon. Okay, whatever. I didn't do a very good job, but they're ooey-gooey and delicious, and I love them. And so that's what I am doing right now, and Steve is being grumpy old Steve. What? No. <laughs> I am petting Emma right now well that's excellent what in a, in a vain attempt to keep her from crying oh what are you what are we watching today there bud we're actually watching a good movie today oh my goodness is it are we watching ripper again over, is that a good movie over my cold <laughs> dead corpse <laughs> speaking of dead corpses it's the shining yay Woo! the 1980 jack nicholson starred stanley kubrick vehicle so okay it, w- it came out before I was born. Okay. Maybe even before Steve was born. What month did it come out, did you say? Uh, it, whew, I'm sure I can find that. It definitely came out before John was born, because John's old. It was released in the United States in, on May 23rd. <gasps> oh, yeah, Yeah, you could have yeah. seen it as a baby. It came out uh, four or five months before I was born. Yes. I, I, was, I had just turned two. So what's the first time you can remember seeing this movie? Oof. I don't even know. I'm sure I watched it with my mom. Mm-hmm. I was probably like 10-ish. Okay. Because I barely remember it, but I remember watching it, so I was probably... I don't remember a lot of my childhood. Yeah. So, it's a blur. You just made such could a be, sad face. Could be between the ages of 4 and 15. Somewhere okay. There. Okay, how about you, Steve? Last year. That what? is insanity. The, last ta- the first time I ever saw this movie was last year. It was on HBO, and I had nothing else to do. No, it was during COVID. It was during COVID. Yeah? I didn't have anything to do. I was just kind of sitting there on the couch, and I saw The Shining. I was like, you know what? I'll give it a shot. And I watched you it. never saw The Shining? If I did, I don't remember it. So, I will tell you something you did watch. You watched the miniseries of The Shining. <laughs> yes, so I know. You watched that as a family. I know we watched it. <laughs> We watched, if it had Stephen King on the title and was a miniseries, yep. we watched it. The Langoliers still haunts my like, dreams. For like five or six years from like 1990 to 1996 or so, it was a uh, annual tradition that St- a Stephen King miniseries would come out. And yeah. it was also an annual tradition that they probably weren't going to be very good. Wow, <laughs> The Stand killed it. The Stand oh. and It are good, but yeah. like Langoliers. That uh, one scared the, me. Really? Yeah. Uh, you were scared by that? The, the concept of the universe stuck killing every human and then every and then recreating a whole bunch of other humans who are not the same humans, just different, but midlife. And the idea is that you could actually, your memories could be fake and you could have just been created 30 seconds ago. That's not scary? 
No. Because I wouldn't realize it's happening. This is the kind of uh, stuff that really freaks me out as a kid. I'm going to be a proponent of all the bad Stephen King stuff. I like the miniseries. Yeah. Like Tommy the Knockers, The Shining. I like. The it had the guy from Weeds. Dreamcatcher. Dreamcatcher. I will. Uh, I will defend that That's with a the hill you're gonna die on. Huh? Jason Lee is my favorite actor of all time. Oh wow, really? And he has toilet humor. Oh, you like Jason Lee's toilet? Yeah. Okay. I, I like anything Jason Lee ever did. He's he's the greatest actor of well, my who's generation. Who's Jason Lee? Which one was he? I don't know. He was Beaver. Beaver, so like from Leave It to Be. No, and Dreamcatcher. I mean, but oh. what has he done? Like, uh, he's Brody in Mallrats. Oh, okay, he's I know him. in Dogma. Yeah. He's yeah. Earl on My Name Is Earl. Yes, okay. Yeah. Oh, Jason Lee, right? Okay, get it together. I'm a fucking demon. Yeah, <laughs> and he's in Dreamcatcher, and yeah. he steals the movie. Anyway, so it's kind of ruined for me because this whole thing. Because I thought I just assumed that I'd seen The Shining originally with you, and now I realize I must have never actually seen it all the way through until like college because I would never would have watched it on my I mean it's two and a half hours long but I've seen it before and because and I know this because last year you and I watched it together uh yeah. and like it, it we had to take like three days to watch it because I was so tired and it was so long but I've seen it before probably multiple times I don't remember when I've seen it Love, now I'm kind of like, what happened? I'm broken inside. I love everything about this film. Yeah. And oh, after God, watching yeah. the documentary about all the hidden things in it. Oh, you know all the secrets. I watched it again and again and again. And I'm well, like, why don't you crap. tell us what's going on? What are we watching? We were watching The Shining. Yes. Will you tell us some information about it? Well, it's directed by Stanley Kubrick. Ooh. And stars Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall. Mm-hmm. And it's based on a Stephen King film. I'm eating cookies, everyone. Yes, you are. And the ratings of this are pretty good. Yeah. IMDb gives it an 8.4. That's not bad. Um, it's really good. Rotten Tomatoes gives it an 82 on the tomato meter and a 93 for an audience score. Who? So what? It's pretty I well want to hear some of the splash. Stephen King. Stephen King just uh, okay. bought programs. <laughs> okay. You want to hear the bad reviews? Jay Scott from the Globe and Mail says, Kubrick sabotages his own thesis in the most knuckleheaded way conceivable. We can't be charged as accomplices in his horror where there is no horror. What? Yes, I don't get that either. I mean, just the image of Nicholson busting his head through the door. Oh, my God. Or axing it down. The slow descent that he has yeah. into, like, becoming a madman. Sure. No horror. Okay. Okay. David Denby from New York Magazine says, There are a few terrific thrills and some eerie moments of dislocation that only Kubrick could achieve. But most of the movie is unfelt, unscary, and bizarrely heavy-handed. It's the first pompous haunted house movie. There have been a couple more before The Shining came out. Yeah. It's... Uh... That's so ridiculous, though, because it's basically not Kubrick... Th- I mean, if the problem is with the plot... Now, Kubrick did change a bunch of stuff. Yeah. But... But what director doesn't? Yeah. When it comes to a, a but he gets, like, a lot of the major themes. Yeah. Yeah, that's why Stephen King, he really did not like this movie, because Kubrick did take a lot of liberties with the book. I think he makes, um, so Jack, I think, is more... He's more likable in the movie. Really? Because, okay. I, th- I hate him in the movie. I think he's more likable in the book, because at least you can see that he, is, he does love his kid, and he does, he like... He doesn't break his arm in the movie, does he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Does he break his Okay. Yeah, so, but we don't see it, but, like, at least he's, like... You get the part where he's anguished about it, and it's going through yeah, all these you, other things. Yeah, you understand why he's See, falling off the, or going off yeah. the deep end. See, I hate 
that's how good uh, I was telling John before we started recording. His Jack Nicholson's performance was so good. I hate his character. I from the moment he gets on screen when they're driving, yeah. I hate him. You know who he reminds me of? I know exactly who he yeah, reminds me so of. So he is very one to one with our father. Like yeah. it's oh, that's it's terrifying. it's fucking eerie because mm-hmm. the way he walks, the way he it's like Jack Nicholson studied under our dad to do this movie, but it's impossible because of the timing. There's that selfish entitlement yeah. that he has throughout the movie. He has selfish entitlement, thinking that he's smarter than everybody, mm-hmm. pretending or playing at being a good dad, but yeah. it's like... Only in front of people. That representation of him as our father Oh yeah, is pretty. it's pretty eerie and very disturbing. Yeah, I don't relate to anybody in this film. Oh, yeah? Especially like that, no. Yeah, not more, even the mom. Or maybe Shelley Duvall. I think you're like a lot closer <laughs> to Shelley Duvall with your history. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm always amazed by the, the cigarette ash on Shelley Duvall's cigarette in this film. Oh, yeah? I don't know if you've ever noticed it. The, There's a scene the, where she's smoking and she has like a seven-inch cigarette ash. It's like it just defies just gravity. It's like, what is going on? <laughs> It's kind of like showing how she's just been completely... She's holding it together even though she's falling apart. Yeah, it's so good. Okay, so I want to give one good review just to be fair because obviously this movie's amazing. This is from Adam Naiman of The Ringer. Kubrick's gallows humor, which was always about confronting and critiquing his audience's baser impulses, reinventing The Shining as a slapstick comedy about murderous patriarchal insecurity is a daring move. What? Slapstick comedy. I love it. So even the good one every, doesn't make any sense. Everybody's reviews on here are wildly different. <laughs> okay, from Lee Lesquez of Washington Post, it's an interesting movie, but not the ultimate work in its genre that some expected from one of the great directors. It's The Shining. What? <laughs> These uh, must have been like midnight release uh, reviews. <laughs> so. I'll do one more. The classic Stanley Kubrick film isn't just scary, it is also, in its own odd way, defined by a hopeful perspective of life and death. What? Everybody is reading so much into this movie. It's great. Hopeful? I love it. What? What's hopeful about That's that That's so weird, because I felt like the book was hopeful, because in the dad, like, basically kills himself in yeah. order to save his son. See, those and are that's pro- what I thought was hopeful, because at least there was a small part of him that was not a complete dick. Yeah, that was most of the top critic reviews. Yeah. The ones that aren't from top critics, that are just from regular critics, yeah. are all great. Oh, yeah. Just They're like, like a true masterpiece. Yeah. Each viewing reestablishes The Shining as one of the greatest horror movies of all time. Yeah. Like, But the top critics are like, what I'm going to read so much horror more. horror is if you don't think this is a horror movie? That's why uh, I think you shouldn't have a college degree if you're going to be a horror Critic, one of the top ones. Well, like, yeah, look, look at what happens. What happens? Like they're trying to like. I don't know like, that many of them had college. The sense degrees. of slapstick juxtaposed oh. to the horror aspect of the shooting. Like, you're like, oh, go away. Sometimes a movie's just a movie. I mean, like he did jam this full of like. Oh, there's hidden meanings. But the slapstick, everywhere. I just we'll have to watch for slapstick while we watch it this time. I'm trying to remember if there. Are, I don't remember any slapstick. Hey, so John, we have this beautiful elderly lady with us named Star. It's a cat. She's a cat, but technically she's a minor because she's only like 16 or 17. <laughs> so could you tell me what the parents' oh, guide says? I see what you're going for. Okay. <laughs> um, well, we start with sex and nudity as always. <laughs> this is your favorite part. Excellent. Ow. It's moderate. Oh. 
There are photos of nude wom- women on a, a man's apartment wall in one scene. Bare breasts are shown. Yeah. Clutch your pearls, okay. At the start of the film, Jack reads a Playgirl magazine, which is the equivalent of Playboy magazine, but with men. What was he reading? What? I never noticed that before. We have to keep He's an eye out for Playgirl? that. Playgirl? Yeah. We have to keep an eye out for That's that. That's interesting because I just learned recently that Playgirl was not actually for women. It was, no, for, it was gay for gay men. gay men, yeah. I never knew that. Okay, does this fall under... This is under sex nudity, but I think it should be under um, profanity. Jack yeah. calls Wendy a sperm bank. <laughs> that's the that's so 1980 Jack. version of cum dumpster yeah oh my god that's so jack oh man <laughs> okay well violence and gore is severe it's more classy than cum dumpster it is yeah like 1980s like, were my class you get paid to put your per- sperm in a sperm bank and you keep it safe yeah cum dumpsters are just dripping it everywhere well the guy the guy gets paid the woman is just okay it. okay so let's keep going is violence and gore is severe <laughs> as you would have hoped yeah a man is killed with an axe blow to the chest. Excellent. A veil, an elevator lets out a river of blood. I was, I'm surprised that's not number one. Yeah. I'm also surprised that's not like a metaphor okay. for Shelley Duvall's period or something. Remember somebody said it's not a horror movie? Yeah. There is a scene where you see two mangled dead bodies of girls in a corridor surrounded by pools of blood as well as an axe. Cool. <laughs> not a horror movie. Not a horror. It's uh, not scary. Okay. More of a period. This piece. is the part you're waiting for. It's profanity. Yay! It's moderate. Oh. And I will not repeat all of these. Ten uses of fuck. Ten uses of goddamn. Three uses of a word I'm not going to say. Is it the N-word? Yes, it is. is. Yeah. One oh, use of yeah. assholes. Well, and three like, uses of son of a bitch. It's Stephen King, so we have to know who the bad guy is by them saying the N-word a bunch. There's some minor religious profanity. Ooh. What's religious yeah. profanity like? Jesus Christ and goddamn? Yeah. Alcohol, drugs, and smoking is mild. Okay. Because, you know, I mean, there's a alcoholic thread through this whole thing. Well, he smokes, too. Yeah. yeah, he smokes. A man drinks. A woman smokes. I mean, he has a imaginary ghost a bar. woman smokes? Yeah, it's crazy. Shelley Duvall. My stars. Frightening and intense scenes are severe. Yes, they are. The number one thing, also, this is not a horror movie, right? It is a very scary film. They <laughs> frighten most. <laughs> the, the scene where a woman finds a room where a man is kneeling down in a bear costume with another man is very bizarre. Oh, he wasn't kneeling. It might creep out some viewers. He was kneeling. Still he wasn't just kneeling. Now. Their names were Neil and Bob. He was crying. How come that doesn't show up on their little thing there? The dude, the, dude, the, the furry going to town on know. the dude of the tux. Somebody even posts that the score is incredibly eerie and over the top. Oh, yeah. The score is amazing. There's a couple of the movies yeah. that we watched where they literally say that the score is scary and therefore you shouldn't let your kid watch it. Yeah. Unlike sometimes okay. they come back. Well, that's that's it for the ones without spoilers. The spoiler list of all these things is huge, (laughs) which I would normally go over because I've seen this movie. Yeah. But just in case there's anybody watching along, I won't. Yeah. Because they might be there first time. Yeah, but also I hope that people by now listening to this podcast know that if they want to watch this movie, they should probably do so before listening to this podcast. Pause the podcast now. Yeah, we okay. don't usually do that. It's like going to read the reviews of a show you like right after you get done watching the show. Do, do we have yeah. to do spoilers for 42-year-old movies? How well did this movie do in the box office? It actually did uh, pretty well. I mean, you got Kubrick and Nicholson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it uh, cost $19 million to make. Okay. Which Man. Is, which is quite a bit in 1980. 
But it made 47.3 at the box office. Really? Okay. Yeah, so well over doubled just at the box office alone. That seems like a lot of things that uh, horror movies tend to do, right? Where yes. they kind of double. So even if that's, they don't seem to make... Well, I mean, $47 million in 1980 is a shit ton of money. It is. It is a lot. And I'm yeah. sure Nicholson and Kubrick took a big chunk of it. And I wonder how much of the money that they're getting is like still in residuals because... I mean, we're still watching. Oh yeah, it on I mean, they're still. I mean, it's streaming. I'm sure they still Go? sell DVDs right. of this. Yeah. HBO Max. HBO Max, and then it was on television, so people would always get like television. Yeah, this would be a harder. This one's not on television as often. It used to be. Well, the length and the editing that would need to be done are pretty. I extreme. guess things used to be on television more. Yeah. Okay. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to share before we get going? Um, not that I could think of. I, mean, I think we covered it all. Yeah. I think I think Shelley Duvall is super underrated in this movie. Everybody oh, yeah. talks about Nicholson, but Shelley Duvall is probably the most convincing actor. Oh, you yeah. wouldn't be able to have this movie without her. Like this movie, like she is looks, sold because of her. She looks terrified. Yes, because and she abused. Was. Yes. She looks oh, terrified yeah. and abused, and like, but then even in the she beginning, was. though, she <laughs> plays the wife of a guy who just got over got over quote yeah. his alcoholism that used to beat the child. And, like, she's just holding it together. She, she was uh, abused and terrified during the filming of this Yeah, movie. by Kubrick. By Kubrick, who's just a crazy person. Yes. And, I mean, I kind of get the feeling, like, she probably would have been able to do this without that and without her bra- him breaking her. We'll never know. We'll never know. It's like that chick in the birds. Oh. Did it's... you know, if, well, a little bit of trivia in the uh, the, the iconic axing through the door scene yeah did you know that they originally built a door that could be easily broken yeah but jack nicholson had worked as a volunteer fire marshal (laughs) and tore it apart far too easily oh my gosh they had to build an extra strong door (laughs) there is a clip on youtube yeah that shows the actual filming of that one scene yeah and so before cut i mean before action nicholson is just gassing himself up he's just like mother he's just cussing like motherfucker I'm kidding. like he, he looks yeah. like he's getting into it and it shows him actually attacking that door yeah and he attacks that door like it's real like a real life crazy person would yeah, yeah. You, oh my god you have to check that clip out it's amazing oh my gosh well we're gonna watch that clip and then we're gonna watch the movie how about that okay okay let's go Closing day, we are gonna go to a hotel oh in the woods. You're gonna edit this podcast, right? Beautiful. Yeah, I think it's gonna make it even yeah, more I'm beautiful. I'm gonna write an accompanying track to it. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Good lord. Uh, we're at, so this movie I'd forgotten has these big title cards. Yeah. And Ooh. this one we just saw said closing day. Uh, does uh, do either of you want to give us a little summary of what just happened? The movie starts with um. With a tracking shot of a car driving down this beautiful road, like in Colorado somewhere. So it does look like that they they used a drone. They had drone technology no, in they 1980. Did not have drone technology. No. No. They had helicopter technology. Yeah, <laughs> there was <yeah>. helicopter. <laughs> so um, we see the Jack Nicholson, Jack Torrance come in, and he's uh, walks into, um, I guess, like the. Uh, the general manager of the hotel. Yeah. And it seems to be like the just the final interview for a caretaker position. <laughs> and so he's giving him a rundown of all the things that he'd have to do, like uh, doing the boiler. Yeah. 
and all this stuff and Jack Nicholson uh, Jack Torrance is just just smarmy and just to look you know absolutely so eager to like manipulate and everything that the person says to him oh that's fine I'm oh yeah fine. like he's he's a writer and he you know he's He's in between assignments, and he just teaches to pay the bills. And his wife loves horror movies. Oh, yeah, and ghost ghost stories. stories. So she's okay. So, yeah. So they're talking about, like, the isolation of the place. And, and, you know, the hotel was built before winter sports was really a thing in, like, the early uh, 20th century. So you can't really be open during the wintertime because the road, there's like 25 miles of road to go up to the hotel. And 20 whole feet of snow a year. Can you believe it? Yeah. To me, that's a lot. Feet. I wish we only got 20 To me, feet. that's like, to, be to me, that's an impossible amount of snow. Year, we had 322 inches of snow last What's year. What's 320 divided by 12? 322 divided by 12? I have it's a calculator. probably 20 inches. No. 20 feet? It's 20, almost 27 feet. Oh, you know math. So he's telling him this, and of course, he's not phased by any of it. And then, like, by the way, you're drawn into this whole thing. Like, you, no time is really passing while you're watching this yeah. go on. And so he's sitting there being interviewed by this guy, and the other guy, the other co-caretaker is sitting next to him, kind of gauging Jack Torrance's reaction to all of this stuff. And then he goes into how the uh, previous caretaker, 10 years prior, had gone up there with his wife and kids and eventually uh, killed his family with an axe and then blew his head off with a double barrel. But my wife likes horror movies, so and it's fine. Jack Nicholson goes, and like he goes, so, you know, Jack Nicholson, I mean, the guy's like, you know, so are you going to be okay with this? And uh, he goes, oh, yeah, it's great, it's fine. He's like, what about your wife and kid, though? She goes, Oh, they'll be fine. You know, she loves a good... She's a horror movie and ghost uh, story fanatic. So, we cut to... Uh, we cut to Shelley Duvall smoking a cigarette, not eating a sandwich with her son, <laughs> who is one. eating a sandwich. She took a bite of the sandwich. She took the littlest tiny nibble of a sandwich. It looked really good. It was a white bread PB&J. Uh, she awful. took the nibble of someone who weighs 80 pounds. <laughs> yes. So, Shelley is there with the kid. Tony is there, who is the kid's uh, little imaginary friend. Oh, he lives in his mouth. He's he, always going to be there. He's a little boy who lives in his... So, Shelley Duvall uh, is chilling in the house. Basically, the kid goes to brush his teeth, and he's talking to Tony. Tony doesn't want them to go to the host- to the hotel. Tony's against it. Yeah. The, the little boy who lives in his mouth. And they give him credence that he's an actual being by yeah. predicting the future immediately. Yeah. So basically, the um, the Tony's uh, Tony says that Dad's gonna call pretty soon. Yeah, because he got the mom, job. Yeah. Because he got the job, which he does. Yep. Um, and she is just keeping it together. And you made a point about the the cigarettes. So she so basically, uh, the kid tries to ask Tony why Tony doesn't want him to go to the hotel. And he is shown a vision of blood coming from an elevator and creepy little girls and just bad and dad being scary and or and of himself screaming right yeah and so the next scene is a doctor leaning over the baby or the child and then talking to Shelley Duvall separately about everything and she's got this cigarette in her hand yes and she's explaining when her son started seeing Tony. And the doctor is clearly thinking, like, oh, it's the transition period or something. No, it was a year ago when he, quote, dislocated his shoulder. 
Because he pulled with too much strength trying yes. to help him. Dad grabbed him. And tried to help him. Tried to help him. In reality, he broke his arm. Well, in the, in book, the book, he broke yeah. his arm. It's all fake, I guess, technically. That's why I thought the book was... He was less redeeming. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, little kid arms are pretty... Like, they're like bird bones, right? Breaking a kid's arm is pretty intense. Yeah. Yeah, they're flexible and shit. Yeah. It's, but he had had a hard day, John. He came home. I've had it. hard days, and I've had four kids, and I've never broken any of their bones. Yeah, he came home lit and then used yeah. too much force to grab the kid, but <laughs> that's a lot of force. Yeah, I don't think I don't remember ever, like, coming home lit. I'd probably just give him extra hugs. Oh, you stay home lit. <laughs> Extra oh, kisses. Dad's drunk again. He's hugging everybody. Oh. <laughs> I love you. John didn't get a chance ever to to go home, come home no. drunk. You were just in charge of them all for all the yeah, time. I couldn't be drunk and take care of four children. No, no. Poor little John, being uh, a good dad. Man, now it's man. time to get drunk. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> They're old enough to shut their doors and li- and have their headphones on <laughs> and ignore them when I'm like, tell I want I hugs. <laughs> So anyway, that's kind of where we're at. Um, but that scene, so you had pointed out before about the, the cigarette ash. It's unbelievably long. Like, and her, like and, no smoker would have let their ash get that long. And having her crumble, like she's holding together the ashes of her life, yeah. basically. So everything's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. They saw her light it. Yeah. Lit her hand was shaking. Yeah, all over and she's place. explaining the story about yeah. he didn't mean to hurt him to this doctor who clearly knows what's up. Yeah, she had a look of horror. But the, it is the late eight, late seventies, early eighties. Important when this is point. Done. She, Shoyval makes a, a point to say that he has not dropped a touch of alcohol. Yes. Since um, he has not touched so, a drop of alcohol. Yeah, it was four months. Yeah, since it happened, and if he ever does it again, she can leave him. Not she if they're that. abandoned in a wintry oh, haven. Yeah, I mean, yeah, not if there's 20 feet of snow on the road. She should have read the fine print on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is an interesting thing. So they've come out from Vermont because he lost his job for being violent with a student, then was violent with his kid, and then comes out here because he knows some people that know some people. So he won't be violent again. No. Why would he? He's in Denver, you know. It's gorgeous. It's isolated, Boulder, so he can write his book. Yeah, he's got well, to write his book. This is based on the Stanley Hotel. Where is that? That's in Estes, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's where it takes place because it was yeah, it literally a stay at the Stanley Hotel that yeah. inspired Stephen King. Stephen King was just like, this is really scary. Yeah, I bet someone Estes can go Park, nuts Colorado. here. So the hotel needs to have a caretaker over the winter to stop it from crumbling, mm-hmm. which makes a lot of sense, but I don't know. I see a lot of houses out here, John, that no one does anything all winter, and it's fine. They turn the boiler off, probably. Yeah, you got to make sure that the furnace is running. No, Most but I mean, have... no, don't. Like, we've seen the houses with just the snow. They would have to have the furnaces on, cause if, or else turn their water off. Oh, but this is the thing that they don't do in this movie that they do do... <laughs> in the book, which is the reason that he need him is because the boiler needs to be have the steam let off. Yeah, that's yeah. for sure. So too. they have to have a person physically there to, and they can't just leave it on. I guess. Yeah. Okay, so do you want to watch this thing? Sure. Are you looking at the reviews of the Stanley Hotel? I, I was I was trying to see how much it costs to stay there. There's a lot of one star reviews. There's Are they a jokes? horrible review because they say it's it's very expensive. It's basically like. They charge a lot because people want to stay there because it's haunted. Yeah. 
how but is it everybody's haunted? like it's too expensive for yeah. this garbage did hotel. the movie make it haunted <laughs> no Stephen King he said his story was that him and his wife went to stay at the Stanley right and they brought their stuff in and they're like okay we're tired and they're like we're gonna go eat dinner now and they went down to eat dinner and they came up and all of their clothes were put away into drawers and stuff and no one in the staff had been in the room I would also like to point out Stephen King had a massive cocaine addiction by this point. And alcohol. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but so it was very cool. well. He could have, have, he could have he gone could've, to the bathroom and done it. He could have come back and done it, yeah. But his wife wasn't uh, an yeah. addict, so. Okay, so should we go? Yeah. So we're about an hour in. Uh, almost. Forty-five Almost, minutes? No, about it, it's because it's a it's two, two hours, hours and, and thirty-seven minute movie. I thought it was two hours and twenty-seven minutes. Okay, whatever. Yeah. We're fifty minutes in. Let's split the difference. Sure. <laughs> anyway, so we're an amount of time into the movie, and he sucks. Uh, yep. Jack Nicholson <laughs> plays a very, very believable piece of shit. Misunderstood. And Shelley Duvall is just trying to keep it together. And he spent... So, okay. We're going to skip a lot of stuff because I want to go right into... It's been a month. And now it's Tuesday. She comes to him with a like ter- like a, a breakfast in bed that she wheels all the way from the bowels of the kitchen to their apartment. So there's this nice long scene of her walking with this breakfast tray. Comes to his room. Has made breakfast just like he likes it. It is like 11.30. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he he wakes up and, you know, he's friendly enough and he's eating the eggs, but he's eating them weirdly aggressively by stabbing them with bacon. Yeah. There yeah. is well, toast. Yeah. Well, she didn't give him the toast. No. Well, the toast was on the tray. Well, he couldn't be bothered to get out of bed. That's true. To get You're the right. toast. You're right. So, so it's all her fault. It's all her fault. But so he, so he, she says to him... It's really nice outside. Do you want to take me on a walk? Indicating that they've never spent time together in the last month. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And he's like, well, I probably should get to working. It's like, bitch, you just slept in at 1130. You can take her on a 10-minute walk. He's a busy businessman. He's a busy businessman who then spends, like, a very large amount of the time on the screen throwing a tennis ball incredibly aggressively all over the walls of this place. And now, this hotel is built in 1907. If one of the kids threw a fucking tennis ball on our 100-year-old house's walls at that force, oh, I would yeah. lose my goddamn mind. And if his kid did that, he would lose his Oh, yeah, he would break this child, and they wouldn't be able to do anything about it. So, yeah, like, it's pretty nice outside, but there's a storm coming. Like, the first winter storm is coming. It is now Tuesday. It's the next day. When Shelly comes up to him and says, uh, just to say hi, and that the winter storm is coming, and he's just being a dick to her, and we know what he's typing. Yeah. We, because, and, like, we've seen it. He's typing all work and no play makes Jack a dull That's all he's fucking doing this whole entire time. But he's got this whole speech when she offers to bring him sandwiches about how she interrupts him and she needs to get the fuck out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because he can't, every time she comes in there... He's distracted, yep. and he needs more time to get back into writing again. Breaks yep. her co- his concentration. Yes. Well, Makes and the sense, thing right? is, like, she because she said I can bring you sandwiches later, and maybe I can read what you've been writing. And the thing is, it like kind of sounds. Want her to read what he's been writing? Yeah, it kind of sounds like maybe they used to do that. 
Yeah. She's an avid reader. Like, she's always got a book in her hand. And maybe that was their relationship before he became a complete and utter asshole. Well, he can't write anything. So no. So she's not reading shit. No, she's not. So he has to be a complete monster her, to her. He's just pushing her away. He's deep down. He's a good guy. Oh, maybe. Meanwhile, the kid's well, been, like, riding his trike around. He did, he did around. rip his child's arm out of the socket. Okay, we didn't talk about Shining. The kid has the shine, and there's a magical Negro character, which is the name of a trope. I'm not just being racist. Um, uh, who is... Uh, not, not just being racist. Oh, my God! I should have worded that differently. I didn't say just being racist. I'm, I'm not it's, being racist. I'm also being <laughs> informative, too. No, it's like... It's a, well, we've talked about it on the podcast. Yes, we have. We have this kind of magical black character, usually an older man, who really exists to help... The younger white person yeah. and usually that's, dies doing it. That's not the only 80s horror movie trope in this, though. No? This was also built on an Indian burial ground. Oh, it was built on an Indian burial ground, which I don't know if that's well, the case in the, uh, in the book. Going back to I don't think um, so. no. whether or not the magical Negro dies at the uh, end of the movie... Did we ever land on whether or not he yeah, died? Yeah, he doesn't in the book? die. Like he's oh. fine. Okay, I thought he died in the movie in the book too, but no. I was mistaken. So, and that kind of makes me wonder about the representation of certain things in the movie versus the book, where the movie has it's on an Indian burial ground and the black guy dies, but in the Move book on. it's just that it's an evil house. Well, I think Kubrick was more in tune to movies, and yeah. King was more in tune to books. Yeah, they both yeah. have different. Tropes but Kubrick and... didn't have to have the guy the guy die. Yeah, he did. Because it's a black guy in the movie in the movie in the seventies. Horror movie, yeah. Yeah, it's true. Like, it's true. Well, but in the Night book, Night of the Living died. Dead. Oh yeah, he did die. Man. Yeah, and the main he's the main dies. character almost made it, but racist killed him in the end. Yeah, but he was the main character, so that was uh, a little move forward. I mean, they deliberately there there was a reason why they killed him though in Night of the Living Dead. Right. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like it was some trope that they were trying to follow. They They're almost, just like ah, it's a black guy. Yeah, they saw a black guy in a window and they shot him. Because yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it was nineteen sixty nine Pennsylvania. Yeah. That's why. Um, okay, so this guy sucks. Who Jack Torrance? Yes. Kinda. I think that's the plot of the movie. You only think yeah. he kind of sucks. Well, yeah, he he kind of sucks. John thinks that in I the can't. movie he's more reasonable because in the book he actually breaks the child's arm instead of dislocating the arm. But yeah, I think that he, is that takes a whole different level of maliciousness to break a child's arm. Yeah, but in to pull theory, it out of the it's socket. the same but thing. You can actually break a child's arm pretty easily. I yeah. think it's because I and one of my children have Ehlers Danlos. Yeah. So our joints come out of socket pretty easily. Like, like if time. you grab a child by I, the wrist and twist it, you can break well, it. Well, I like, dislocated yeah. my shoulder reaching for a cat. And that was last week. It was yeah, last week. Yeah, no, like <laughs> it was last week. You know what also happened? Was, the thing was last week where you just pulled, look at it down your hand, and it's like, I think I dislocated my thumb. And you put it back in. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, that hurts. Maybe that's why when he's like, he dislocated his kid's shoulder. I'm like, yeah, I could do that by blowing You're really like, hard. Yeah. Come here, child, with Earl Stanlos. Let me yeah. pull your well, arm. In order to dislocate someone's shoulder, you have to pull it with a similar amount of force as it would take to break someone's arm. Yeah. Right? Not, well, not for me. Not for, for me. Yeah. People that are normal, John. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not everybody is you. Yeah. The child. I know, but that's probably why it like rationalized in I my mean, head. I'm like, dislocated a kid's. Shoulder, yeah. Like, yeah, so you picked the kid up by the arms, right? Yeah, like this, and, and Oof, you can pick not up by kid, one, not by one. And so that's the case. It's like whatever he's doing, Maybe. he grabs the kid by one arm and pulls, and that's either breaks the arm or it's yanking. Yeah, like that. But mm-hmm. at least in the in the book, he's dealing with that 
he's actually dealing with that too, even though he's like full of this like alcoholic that has not gone through the steps yeah. that is not drinking right now, but is definitely doing all the same traits that was that what when yeah, he was an alcoholic. He's not sharing it with anybody. No, just but you can all. you're at the interior where he does hate himself for what happened to yeah. his kid, but then he can't Get beyond his own narcissism. Does he ever mention in the movie what he did to his kid? Yeah, it, it, yeah. it shows up uh, later on. They do a okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least I think it is. That, but or, it, I could be does thinking he seem of the like miniseries. he's dealing with it like he does in the book? I don't know. I, the thing is, that in this one, it seems a lot more like he's just not doing anything with his family, right? Like he's yeah. not spending time with his wife. He's not trying. I think I remember the movie better than the book because yeah. I've watched the movie way more times than I've read the book. And I don't remember him ever talking about it. He does. In the movie. Oh, oh in the movie, no. They do about... They go in the... I know in the miniseries, I think it goes into greater... I think in the miniseries, he actually breaks the I think I home. watched the miniseries when it came out on TV and never yeah. again. Yeah. I actually liked the miniseries when I watched it. Anyway. Should we watch this movie? Yeah. Let's. Okay, let's go. Guys, there's some snores that are happening. Yes, there's some tired dogs now, finally. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know which one's soaring, but... So, we've learned a few things. Yeah. Uh, Jack went to the bar and is talking to ghosts. Yep. And... ghost bourbon. The kid's been riding around the hotel seeing dead ghosts, dead child ghosts. Um, And so, Jack is drinking ghost bourbon and then tells the story of, of breaking his child's arm. Or of dislocating it and the thing is like this is an interesting thing where steven and i very different perspective than you yes because you're taking his what he says at face value when he says like you know he just put in a little bit extra pressure and blah 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 and my wife is won't let it go and it seems like she's he's more upset about the wife but the thing is like Everything he's doing in his body language and his in the words that he's using, the way he's saying them, is what abusers do when they make when they um, try to obfuscate and make sense of their abusive they, behavior. They try to lessen the actual act of cruelty by saying like, "Yeah, I'm sorry I did it, but this is why I did it." And also, she won't fucking let yeah. it go, right? And so, and so that's what what's happening here, right? Is that he is doing such a good job because you, who did not have an abusive father, no, don't notice this. But this is what abusers are like. Meanwhile, the kid gets half strangled by someone, and first Shelly thinks it's him. Yep. Wendy, I guess, is the name of her character. She's Winifred. Yep. But uh, first she thinks it's him because obviously. But yeah. then Danny tells her it was a lady in room two thirty seven, and she goes to tell. Tell uh, Jack, and Jack goes up there, sees a sexy lady, and kisses her. She turns into a gross, bloated corpse of an old lady. Mm-hmm. He comes back down and tells tells old Wendy that nothing was there. Yeah, I didn't see anything. Jack did it to himself, and so she says she's crying and he's comforting her, and she's like, "We've got to get him out of here. We've got to take him to the hospital or something." He's like, "You want to leave the hotel? You dumb whore." Yeah. yeah. Like how fucked up you, my life so many times. How can you this ruin time. this for me? And it's like, none of this is her fault. He's stormed off and she's just weeping on the bed. Mm-hmm. But he's also lied to her. I'm glad that the people, they don't get beautiful kittens, like, purring. purring. They get they dog get, snoring. They get dog snoring. 
Um, so what are you guys' thoughts? About what? Well, what we just saw. I think he's just misunderstood. Oh I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Smack. He's a, he's a horrible, horrible person. Yeah. I understand the life of uh, Wendy. The book. In the book, he does this kind of thing where he's trying to make, like, make excuses for himself, but he is tormented by it. So in this, like, he's not upset that he did this to the kid, right? But in the book, you get, it's all interior to yeah, him. Yeah, it's hard to tell. It. He might be upset because he is just ranting about his wife right now. Yeah, he's been... It's more about the fact that she won't let it go that he did this. It, I think he's just, they're trying to portray him as, like, he just hates her. Yeah, Steve was saying that, too. It's like, everything he's doing... What are you saying about the orange juice? Oh, yeah. Like, he... Uh, Jack Nicholson brushed his teeth before that scene where he drinks the orange juice. So when he drank the orange juice, he would have this look of disgust in his face when he was looking at uh, Wendy. When she asked if, uh, yeah. if, if he would take her on a walk. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. Like, as much as I hate the character, this is, like... Jack Nicholson, his portrayal of this character is, is a master class in acting. Oh, yeah. it is Because, like, every little facial twitch that he does, yeah. every single little, the way he walks, the way that he subtly manipulates the people around him. Yeah. That is, like, you can't really pretend that. You have yeah. to have seen that and experienced that. Yeah, and Shelly over here is just remarkable as someone that has been trying to keep the family together, try to keep the life together, probably has a lot of her friends that are just like, leave him. Oh, she probably has no friends anymore. Oh, that's true. Because he's probably, he probably alienated he's all of probably her friends. probably isolated her from all yep. of her friends. And family. Yeah. And that's probably why they're in Colorado and not Vermont or wherever her family that's is. That's right. Um, but yeah, she's pretty amazing and we should continue. We're... More than halfway, we've got an hour and three minutes left. It's exciting. We did get kind of wrapped up in the masterpiece, and it's been an hour. So good. It is so good, and I realized during this viewing that the times that I saw it before the most recent time with you, John, I'd only ever seen this on television when it had been edited for television. Yeah, and they added a lot. Of like it. sperm bank. <laughs> we mentioned yeah, that. And like a very that. naked lady and like old lady nipples that are rotting off and stuff. Yeah. That you didn't get that when it was on TNT. No, they read the parental guide like yeah. we did. And so also when you and I watched it last year, I found it kind of hard to stay awake the first time. And so we watched half of it and then watched the other half the next day. But we had an older television. And didn't have surround sound. And so when we moved into this house, she promised to surround me with sound. I did. And you did. So we have um, kind of a sound bar and stuff because I'm deaf and so it's hard to hear things. So we have a very good sound system. So we actually were able to watch it on a larger television that's 4K with surround sound. Yes. And it was amazing. Like you could actually, the audio of the voices of people you could hear while the actual music would sometimes just be normal sounds and then super loud. Like the background, the, the, the music that makes things tense is very, is a lot louder than the the rest of it. Yeah. It's great. I think Kubrick wanted to elevate that a little bit. It's very elevated. (laughs) 
Sorry. Oh, you made it sound like I'm a douche. No, I meant I was thinking about more like a next level chef. <laughs> so, so trying to elevate the dish of chicken fingers to. So I've got to say, poor Wendy went through a lot. You think? She went through a lot. She hit her head on her husband on the head with a, a bat. But her husband's a lunatic alcoholic, and her son is has mental disorders. Yes. Or he's probably so uh, schizophrenic. Autistic. You think maybe? But he's like seeing all kinds of things. Oh yeah, I mean, like if he's we follow the premise, if we follow the premise that the shining, the shine exists, and what happens, it, what's explained in the book is that it's nothing about Indian burial grounds. It's that the house is just an evil house, the, the it's an evil hotel, and so basically there's spots in the world that are like this, and. Jack has the shine because he gave it to his son, but he's been wallowing it in alcohol, and it's not as strong as his son, so he's able to be taken advantage of by the hotel a lot easier than the yeah. son. And Shelley Duvall, or Wendy doesn't see anything until the very end, when the house has literally been, or the hotel has been feeding off of him, yeah. and feeding off of his but energy. he's always been the caretaker. That's true. He's always been the hand. Yeah, I'm about to watch a YouTube video on that. Like, because uh, he's in the picture from 1921. Yeah. See, he's here's the thing: is like, he's always been the caretaker. But he's not. I mean, that's. But he's clearly not. But also, no. the picture is from July 4th, 1921. Yeah. It's from a completely different month. Yeah. Well, there, and it, was year. A, it was a full, a full bar, so it wasn't when the. The thing was shut down for the winter. Yeah. So the idea is that... So he was the caretaker all the time. Yeah. So when they shut down, nobody's there. Is he just reincarnated? Him no, that's not that what it is. It. That's not what it's saying. Because, yeah. like, the guy that killed his family was, like, was a... But he told him to do that, apparently. Because he's always been there. Okay, but he hasn't always been there. <laughs> yeah, but, like, it doesn't matter what they say in we, the movie. He, he we literally hasn't. saw him die... Yeah. And we saw and the it was mom only, and child escape. And it was He's only 10 years prior that the uh, first caretaker did yeah. that. He's so the... Um, he can't be. The chef that... Um, <laughs> we got to hear a lot of N-words about him. That from, was... From three, one of the goats. Three N-words. Disconcerting, yeah. We knew that from the... Like, we knew it was coming, yeah, but, but it's, it's just like... weird hearing it, you know? Like, yeah, and, like, what's interesting is Jack's character repeats the N-word, but, like... He doesn't... He clearly is, like, almost uncomfortable with it, but because he's just gone full evil, he says it, too. Yeah. And so... And that's how Stephen King indicates that he's not good. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that was always Stephen King's, like, I'm gonna make this guy a bad guy in three seconds. If you say the F word, or the F-A-G word, or the or the um, N-word... Yeah, yeah Stephen bad King's guy. bad guys are always cartoonishly evil. Yeah, well, and so... Because he's twirling a mustache. Well, he's <laughs> able to make them evil so quickly with just the that hate is speech. one thing that uh kind of i know like the movie can't be like five hours long but his transition because it cuts to a month later yeah his transition from being just an overall douchebag to a homicidal douchebag is like snap your fingers at some point we'll watch the miniseries and it'll write all the wrongs for you I gotta say, you guys. No one has ever said that about it. You both need to reread the book because I think it does a really good job. Because it does have that kind of push forward, but you get to see things like him taking his son to town and him trying but yeah. failing. Yeah, well, I'm going to hold out until the mini series when I can see how it's done right. So ultimately, I think what's missing is that 
He did in the book. He loves his son, and he doesn't like in the movie. He chases him around with an axe in the in a maze, and then the son outwits him, which is great. Very good kid, um, and then he dies in the and he freezes to death inside of this maze, um, and the kid runs out and finds his mom. But in the in the movie, I'm sorry, in the book, his dad real knows what's going on and knows like basically he is possessed by yeah. something evil entity. And knows it's not him. And it's a good, it's a great metaphor for alcoholism or other things that are kind of like, you love your kid, but you just have this demon inside of you. And so he literally punches himself in the face a bunch of times to, to give his kid a chance to run away. You know, and he he, he sacrifices himself to save his son. Uh, but like, you don't get that. I like to point out, no one stoked that boiler in a week. No, we got okay. So he's not doing any work, uh-uh. and and Wendy's been doing all the work and checking the boiler and stuff like that. In the in the book, the boiler explodes. Like that's part of it. Yeah. Right. Um. Because he stopped doing his work, but in the book he also did like do some work, but mostly it's her cooking and cleaning. Yeah, because this is only two and a half hours. We don't have. Yeah. Time. Yeah. And once again, the miniseries will write all the wrongs. But we can touch I'm, on the um, the black guy. Yeah, the one like, who got killed immediately. Death one hundred and one. He should have survived. He's literally the hero in the book. Yeah, but he why saves they, everybody. Why did they bother having him come all the way from Florida? Yeah, yeah to do nothing. Value, just well, to have he, a jump scare. He brings the the snowcat, oh. right? You just oh, that's right. He brings the snowcat, but in the mo- in the book, he brings the snowcat, and they all fucking go all the way together. Yeah. yeah. He saves everybody, and then there's, like, a nice cutscene afterwards. I was, the whole time, I was like, oh, I'm so upset, because you in the book, it's like he's a real character, yeah. so you get to learn more about him and his interior monologue, and then it's, like, the whole time, I'm like, I don't, I like him more now. I already liked him, but now I like him even more, and I, I don't wonder, want him to die. I wonder if that was a tipping point for Stephen King to not like this. Because they just killed the black guy? Yeah. It's, like, great character? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I could be wrong about the character. Maybe it's still, like, you know, magical Negro character in the book, well, too. I don't, but, but at least he has the shine, that's all. Yeah. He has the shine, and, like, that's part of it. And in a lot of Stephen King books, when people have the shine together, there's always something. Yeah. But I... Good movie, of course. God, it was good. It's a great movie. It's a quick. It's a quick two and a half hours and, too. And and there's a scene in it when the when the kid is running away from from Jack, right? And he hides in a in the the industrial kitchen, yeah. and he you know gets into this like little like cabinet thing and slides the door closed, and it doesn't close all the way. Because of something being stuck in the hit things. And and Steve and I both noticed, like, is that Jurassic Park? And I looked it up. And Jurassic Park scene, when the kids are in the kitchen. Yeah. And hide in the... Ca- and it's an industrial kitchen. And hide inside of uh, one of those cabinets that's exactly the same. And they can't get the door closed all the way. It's the exact same yeah. thing. And then uh, something happens and they run away really fast and get seen by the monster. Yeah. Like, it's the same thing. It's great. I, it's a great homage. I didn't correlate that because I didn't watch Jurassic Park. And nor will I. What? Nah. Were you bitten by a dinosaur? No, I just don't like things that aren't horror or comedy. Did so. you see Independence Day? I did see. I liked Independence Day. Okay. But that was funny. Never Randy seen... Quaid and Will Smith. Did you were see funny. Homeward Bound? No, I don't know what the fuck that is. Shadow. Shadow. Okay, I don't know. You lost me. Cat. I want cats everywhere. 
Yeah, so... You have cats that are pretty funny. I know. That's, what was that's everybody's brewer's brew tonight? I think, Stephen, you were drinking water? Water. Oh. I was drinking milk and eating cookies the I whole time. I started with um, a bunch of the upper hand yeah. beers from a mix pack. I don't remember what the, the second one was, and then I started on homebrew. Okay, yeah, and you're drinking a very nice homebrew, which you named... Dangerous Nights Brew. <laughs> which is a wonderful reference to... I think you should leave. And speaking <laughs> which of Which is that, the best show on TV. That's a show. He didn't just say that to me. No. So, can I press the button for the wheel? We're doing the Shutter Essentials next time. Oh, wait. Yep. Was there a grossest corner, my friends? Something gross? I guess the old lady? Uh, yeah. When she switches from the young lady? Yeah. I'm kind There's of the butt. Really gross. The butt was pretty gross. Yeah. Like the, the I melted parts. I was parts. thinking about the, yeah, the ripped skin. Yeah. Was gross. Okay, so this is the Shutter Essentialist, which everything on this on this wheel has been on Shutter Essentials, but some of them have been taken off. Ooh, Shutter Essentials, that's how you say it. Yeah. But some of them have been taken off, so I'm going to press the button. Please be good, please be good, please and be good. Well, the Shutter Essentials. I'm going to go to Shutter and see if they have the trailer on there, too. The thing! <gasps> yes! Okay. Oh, and that's going to have to go on the um, sequel and remake wheel, too. Isn't no! It? Isn't no. there a thing, too? Yes, there is. Oh, then it's that will go on there. Oh, that's bad, too. Oh, it's Oh, that's good. perfect. Because we like to, to top off the good with you the You can't bad. just always have the shining every day, Steve. Well, we're going to watch this thing. A woman's time. There's some go? really interesting, like, categories. Okay. Now i got to find the I thing. I don't know if the thing is up here right now. Here. I think you have to find it under... Um, Oh. oh, no, the Beyond is still up here, man. The Beyond has not been taken off of Shutter Essentials. Okay. No, you so just have to find it on... Out? It's on Shutter. You just have to search it. No, I don't think it's on Shutter anymore. Really? Yeah. It gets taken off? Yep. I don't know what thing is on. It's from 1982, right? Uh, yeah. sure. Okay. Well, I will uh, throw this to the TV. Because he's a fancy boy. Just because I know how um, technology works. It might make us watch it's a dumbass. Peacock. Oh, good. We have Peacock without yeah. commercials. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, here we go. And hopefully it won't make us watch the Domino's Pizza ad. So, why is it when you type in the thing in Google, it brings up Pam Beasley from The Office? I don't know. It didn't. <laughs> what are you searching? <laughs> it, it didn't do that for me. It brought up this. Oh. 40 hours ago, we found something. Can you turn down a little? Yeah. What'd they find? This isn't the thing from 1980. This is the uh, remake or the prequel. John! Sorry, it went to the thing trailer from 10 years ago. The 2011 thing. So I. I I pointed in 1982. Sure, you did. It's because you did something weird and you didn't go on YouTube and you went on IMDb and it always messes it up on IMDb. Okay, here we go. The thing trailer. And then I will move it to the sequel and reboot wheel for next time. Yeah. Did, did you already put The Shining on the sequel? Yes, I did. Because nice. we have a reboot and a, or a miniseries on a sequel. Yeah. Because Doctor Sleep is the sequel. What's happening here? It was like a, some sounds. Oh, and it's the thing. This happens in... Oh, John Carpenter's the thing. Of nice. course. This is in like Antarctica, right? So. Isn't it black and white? Well, oh no! This is just a oh this okay. Years. Like the original trail in the snow and ice. Oh, excellent! Now it has found a place. This is like that train one we saw, John. Oh, train to Busan. Yeah. That was amazing. I hear it. 
or feel it. Not train to Busan. The train oh, one. Um, so oh, the old one. Yeah. So that we thought would be terrible, but was pretty good. Yes. Go fight if it has to, but it's vulnerable out in the open. It takes us over, and it has no more enemies. It's literally the same plot, John. Yeah. Yeah. They brought a box of monster in. And then the monster took over a person, and then the next person, and the next person. Yep. So we don't have any sequels for this. We only have a reboot. Yeah. Well, it's a prequel. It's a prequel sequel. Oh, man, there's a lot of very wonderful... Wonderful, creepy things that are happening well, on the screen. It's John Carpenter. So, so there's a thing, and it's Biad. Yeah, yeah, we'll it's find out. Biad. Man is the warmest place to hide. Hey, <laughs> I thought it was a tauntaun. It stars Kurt Russell. Yes. Love Kurt Russell. And Keith David. Woo! I thought a tauntaun was the warmest place to hide. So when we started watching... You this, ignored my Star Wars I, reference. I heard it twice. I didn't twice. Care, oh. I, I heard it twice. <laughs> But, you know, when we started watching, it was, um, like, 7, because it took us a while to watch the movie, and it was so bright outside, and now it's pitch black dark. Yep. It's so spooky, Steve. Well, there's just two things left to do, John. Uh, Stay scared. And stay married. Goodbye. intro and outro of our podcast is fire and ice rock mix by stefan kartenberg copyright 2017 licensed under a creative commons attribution share alike license thank you stefan